This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds. Well, without the computers. Talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. That's too long. <laughs> that was a long one. Another edition oh, man. of the High Hopes Podcast. Someone's excited we're taking three well, or four from the Marlins. You called it last time. I figured <laughs> I'd, I'd bring it this time. Someone's for. excited for taking three or four from the Marlins. Plus, this is a special episode. We actually have a guest later yeah, in the we show. Do. We don't really do that here, but we <laughs> something amazing happened, Jack, and we had to find out about it firsthand. Yeah, I mean, something amazing happened, <laughs> and <laughs> some are saying that it was the most dominant AAA start that has ever walked the face of the earth. It is just like us to have our first guest of the season. <laughs> to talk about. To talk about a minor league start. That, <laughs> is, talk about, that is so on brand Listen, with us. if you told me that on... Uh, April 29th that we'd be doing an interview about Nick Pavetta's dominant AAA start. <laughs> <laughs> I would have said this podcast is not around anymore. We're like, whoops. Yeah. We blew it. Yeah. Well, I never really believed in Pavetta. So, <laughs> so someone got all mad at me yesterday because I joked around that I never believed in Pavetta. And he was like, yeah, you did. I, I'll show you the tweet, <laughs> yeah, bro. I was like, come on, man. Can we just laugh for one can second? I, can on I fun a yeah, little bit No, here? no, not on, not on Twitter. But the Phillies did take three or four. And I got a question for you, James. So, by the way, Pat McCarthy. Pat McCarthy. Joining yes, us yes. later on. Let's yes. finish that out. I know. Yes. Oh, I thought let's, we were teasing it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So, uh, no, three I, four. I, just, I just have one question for you before we can start. Oh, good. I can't wait for this. Who has a better changeup? 08 Hamels or Arya Stark? <laughs> like, who has the better changeup? I mean, they would have moved last night. The answer is obviously Arya Stark. <laughs> I mean, oh, let's smokes. be real. It, it's clearly Arya Stark. That's, that's that's all we'll say. That is too elite change. That's all we'll say. Arya Stark brought it. Yeah. All right. Elite prospect. I think that was the first time I've stood up and, like, cheered at my television. <laughs> Dude, I was, like, I was like, ho, ho, one of those. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 so that's all we'll say. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep working in Game of Thrones things. I like the it. Of... Just to annoy people? Is nah, it just... That wasn't a, that wasn't a spoiler. spoiler. No, no. Now to say... No, I'm just yeah, kidding. No, no, I'm no, just no, kidding. No. Just kidding. Just kidding. All right. <laughs> three or four of the Marlins. We, we weren't feeling great on Thursday night. Three to one loss in 10, but then they did it. All we wanted was three or four, Jack. They somehow did they it. They made it happen. <laughs> Terrifying. At the end of the 17 straight days of baseball, the last three work out somehow. Let's well, dive they in. lose the Nola start, which is like, are you kidding me? Who saw that coming? Right. Right? Well... He hasn't been great this year. Let's, so, start, yeah, let's start. Let's go chronologically. Let's start with Nola. Look, they lost an extra as it happens. The offense had been struggling for a while. Picked it up a little bit over the weekend. But what were your thoughts on Nola? Because what is it? Goes five and two thirds again, and one earned was it? Yeah, so, I mean it's the night of the draft. So this, to be frank, I went back and watched some of it, but I was working the draft at the link, so I didn't get to watch every pitch the way I normally do. You said he wasn't vintage Nola, though. Yeah, we went six and two thirds. So he pitched into so the it was six and two thirds. He pitched okay. into the seventh. Um, and listen, he he pitched well. Like he pitched fine. 
But when when you're playing the Marlins, I need to see a start like I saw from Eflin yesterday, yeah, where buddy. it's a lot of soft contact. Like even he only struck out four and six and two thirds, which isn't great. He lost seven hits against the Marlins lineup that it can't like the Marlins. The, the Phillies' ability to make the Marlins look like a competent major league roster from an offensive standpoint mm-hmm. this weekend was infuriating. They had a 17-hit game. Like they had 18 hits against us two Saturdays ago. They're batting 224 this season. Yep. If you take out those games, they're batting like 200. Like it's crazy. It's not good, Jack. Brian Anderson is Jeff Conine 2.0. We I am discussed this. I told you he's a killer. Jorge Alfaro stinks. Yep. And he is lighting up. Not against up. the Phillies. He's Not against the Phillies. <laughs> if he played against the Phillies, he would be an all-star. Yeah. Like, no we doubt about it. We wouldn't have to make the JT Romuto trade if he could have just played against the Phillies all like, the time. It's cr- Did the Phillies pitchers not, like, like pitch to him last year? <laughs> not watch him like, bat at all? Him, like, like, what are we doing? Just throw sliders out of the zone. He'll swing at it. Like, uh, <laughs> I'd rather throw him a fastball that he can crush. That sounds better. It's like I think that's a better idea. It's like they're doing their friend Jorge uh, uh, helping hand or lending him a helping hand. for their buddy. Yeah. Come on. Uh, the I whole, love it now. What a great move. Yeah. The whole weekend was infuriating from that standpoint. Um, obviously, Eflin kind of shut that down on Sunday. It was good. But yeah, yeah no one. Hold up. We'll get to someone else who had a pretty good outing, too. Okay. Jared Eikhoff. I know. He's really him. good. What I are we know. doing here? But I anyway, know, let's stick with Nola. Uh, Nola was fine. I, uh, some people, I think, uh, got a little you know overzealous with how good he was on, on Thursday. I thought he was fine. He's starting to show some signs of being Aaron Nola again, but I don't think he's nearly back to the guy we saw last year. I thought it was just a, a perfectly fine, didn't quite have his best stuff yet, um, performance out of him, six and two-thirds, one run, I'll take it. But again, just not the same guy. And and that's frustrating because we're starting to get to the point in the season where you start to need to see that guy. I'm always I'm a big June 1st guy. I always say when June 1st rolls around I start to really take stats seriously and numbers seriously and positioning seriously when June 1st rolls around. So is Bellinger going to bat 400? Bat a, that, well, that's what I mean. It's it's May 1st. We're still a month away from that. Come June 1st, if he's batting 400, I won't think he's actually going to bat 400, but he could bat 380 You know, at that point. I mean, we start to see where, where stuff looks real. And again, look, it's only two months now, into a six-month season. I'm just saying, personally, everyone has to have a time where they look at it and say, all right, you you can't you can't keep saying oh it's only April it's only May like small sample small size, sample small size. size. <laughs> you can only say that for so long during a season because realistically look one season itself isn't even that big a sample size in terms of these guys careers and whatnot what about Every- one triple A start where a guy strikes out fourteen <laughs> we're gonna get there Jack we're gonna get we had a guest on for it my friend we'll get there. But uh, so, where are you at with Nolan in terms of moving forward? Are you are you nervous? Do you think we're going to see the guy that we saw last year? Or is this one of those years where he just never has the same type of stuff? I, that was already too long a pause. Yeah, I mean, not like, good, I'm, 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 I'm just. I don't think he's going to get back to. He's not going to be ace, Nola. Yeah, like he's going to be the ace. But I certainly don't feel good Soft about him. Soft ace, not a hard ace. Yeah, like I, I certainly don't feel good about Nola starts anymore. Like they're just, oh, they're no. just fine. Oh, There's no. nothing that's that's blowing me away. Like he kind of reminds me of of seventeen ish Nola, mm-hmm. where he's just good, just like, good pitcher. But, but the, the, the 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 tough part about um, looking at Nola now is that you saw what peak Nola can look like, yep. and now when he pitches like that, you just you you leave the game feeling unfulfilled. Basically, that's, that's, kind, a good way to that's put kind of it. where we're at this I point. I think it's a really good way to put it's it. It's been a very unfulfilling NOLA season. Um, one that I'm just I'm just shocked by. And I can't tell if it's It's a- the one thing. Jack, we talked about every eventuality for this team heading into the season, except the NOLA regression. It was the one thing that we were like, ah, 
We got that. We'll pencil in seven Ace. innings. Can't wait to get to the playoffs. Let's roll with Nola. Like, that was the one thing that we did not see coming even a little bit. I know, and I, I feel really good about the starting staff right now. Like, when I when the Phillies roll out whoever they're pitching right now, I just feel confident that guy's going to get the job done, whether it's whether it's Vinny, Jared, uh, Arietta, Eflin. It, man. And Nola's like the like the one where I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> I know. Like, imagine if they get Nola going. Like, you're, you're, you're changing the level of this team from a, from a good team to a great team because right now they don't have their ace. Their ace isn't being their ace and on Thursday it was just a fine Nola performance I, I'm not going to go say he's back I just I left feeling I need more alright let's move on to Friday didn't need more from Jared Eikhoff that dude did it man yeah seven shutout first win since August of 2017 Crazy. shout out to Jared like just outside of the baseball thing that dude worked his ass off to come back and he looks good Jack we talked about in Colorado ran into trouble in the sixth inning but that curve has some bite to it, man. That's a real major league pitch right there. Yeah, and uh, he was saying that he was saying before the game that he thought his curveball was really, really good in Colorado, and he was like, "If I'm getting that movement in Colorado, that's what I said on the show. I'm like, if his ball's moving like that in Colorado, that's such a good sign." Yeah, and it was moving again on 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 Friday. And the thing that we've talked about, Jared, and and the way we've handled him is like. Jared Eikhoff, when Jared Eikhoff is Jared Eikhoff, he is seven innings, less than two runs, six Ks, efficient. And that's what he was. He was efficient, pounding the strike zone. And I think at one point he threw 70, 75 pitches and 51 were strikes. I think he only threw, what, like 86 pitches in seven innings, seven yeah. shutout innings. And he was just, he was, he's just very efficient. Efficient, soft contact all over the place. And he, when he's working well, is when. His pitches work off of his fastballs. He threw a lot of curveballs, and like it's, just, but that's good. Like that's it's good his best for him. pitch. The, yeah. This starting staff, I think at this point, is a. They're just they they're more worried about soft contact than strikeouts, which is interesting. Like it's, it's every, fascinating. Every one of their guys right now at their when they're going right is soft contact ground ball guys. Even Nola, like like Arietta when he's going great, a lot of ground balls with his changeup and sinker. When Eikhoff's going great. It's Curve. soft contact, yeah, yep. but it's soft contact off his fastball mm-hmm. because his curveball has been so good. Vinny Velo, it's it's fastballs early, so guys swing at it, and a lot of fastballs pounding the zone that way. And Eflin's the same way. When Eflin's going well, it's because he's not striking out many guys and he's just generating soft contact, it's which like, is what we saw yesterday. It's like the antithesis of modern baseball. Like it really is. It's crazy. It's, it's very. It's the opposite of what we've learned. Because the Philly staff is, is not racking up the strikeouts. No. I, don't, I don't know if you've noticed, but they're not. I, I've noticed they're not really striking anyone out. And honestly, it's crazy. But I don't want them to. Like if they come this at is a so weird. I know to hear you say it's this. crazy, this but is I, very but, very strange. But when they're rolling and they're going right, it's when they're generating that soft contact, and that's what we saw at Eikhoff on Friday. Uh, most of very out of Saturday, and of course, definitely yesterday. So you feel good about Eikhoff moving forward? Of course, yeah. No, I I I think I think Eikhoff's just a solid guy. I, the Phillies have a three four five right now. I think of solid guys. You have Nola, who you can hope to get back to. Ace level Nola and Arietta, who I think is a little bit better than solid. Um, but if three, four, five, like, dude, if your five stars giving you seven, seven innings, three runs or less, that's you'll take that every single every day. single day. Also, Bryce Harper home run, dude. I needed it. I did too. Uh, <laughs> I monster just, shot, like I just second deck. I just needed it. I felt it in the moment. It felt like a spot where it's like, all right, Bryce is taking one yard right here. Yeah, um, and it blew the game wide open. I do want to talk about Bryce though for a second. Yeah, because uh, I'm getting. <laughs> I'm getting um, 
a little worried about his, his production against four-seam fastballs. Uh-oh. So it's a I, very specific worry. Yeah, because when I watch him, I don't think he can catch up to, to 95-plus anymore. Like, it's crazy. I, like, He's 26. Well, I, I know. That's the problem. Yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about him figuring it out again. I hope so. I hope so. But I'm just saying that right now, his batting average against four-seam fastballs is 200. Not great. Like it's 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 two hundred. His with twenty eight games into the season, so I'm not gonna freak out. No, I I get it. His slugging is three fifty six off of fourteen fastballs in a day and age in which fourteen fastballs are getting smoked. We've talked about this a lot. Um, and his his uh, his whiff percentage on fourteen fastballs is seventeen <laughs> percent. It's a lot. Eh, it's not great for, for, for fourteen fastballs. Yeah, it's not great. That's swinging and missing a lot on fourteen fastballs. Mm-hmm. So um, it's it's just I, I need to see him start figuring it out against four seamers because like he hit the slider out on Friday, which is mm-hmm. fine. But in order for him to be really peak Bryce Harper, it's smoking fourteen fastballs because that's what he did back in fifteen and seventeen was was just smoking fourteen fastballs. And he hasn't really been able to do it this year. Like I, I feel like guys are are able to get. Well, what do you think that is? I mean, do you I think it's the the lack of you know he's still getting it could be into spring, it training. Of spring training? That was my first thought when you suggested it. Was that was my first thought? But here's my, here's spring my problem. Training kind of a shortened spring training gets in doesn't really get all the work in he needs. That was my first thought. Here's my problem with the four seam fastball thing is that when it gets down to the nitty gritty and it gets down to the playoffs and it gets down to big moments and power pitchers, and power pitchers are stuff. pitching in big moments, no in question. big spots. No question. And right now I, just, I trust Reese in those moments more than I trust Bryce Harper because I think Reese can turn around 95 plus. And I don't know if Bryce Harper right now can do it. Now, if, I think if Bryce was smart, he'd try to start going the other way with 95 plus. I think he's trying to pull 95 plus and he can't see it as well. He's pulling his head off of it. Whereas if he wants to hit a slider 400 feet to right field, it's fine. But I think for him, when he's going right, he needs that. He needs to see the four seam fastball all the way in and just think go opposite field. I think that I think that's a better plan for. Him. Okay, and I'm, again, I'm not as worried as you are about it, but it is worth noting. It's an interesting nugget. All right, let's move on to Saturday. Gene Segura returns and he gets hit in the head. Scary moment. Luckily, he was back on Sunday. We'll get to Segura in a minute. Uh, look, Saturday was a frustrating game. Luckily, they pull it out. Reese with the big homer late, but you're up ten to one, Jack. Ten to one. And it's ten to nine by the ninth inning. How did you feel about Arietta in that spot? Kind of, you know, cruising for four innings, then all of a sudden just falls apart. Huh. Well, uh, uh, believe it or not, I did produce that game, and I wasn't infuriated. <laughs> I was, I was so mad. Like it was, it was in, it was. Watching them blow that was like, are you freaking kidding uh, me? I was loot when it was ten nine. I was. I was not because you felt at ten nine you felt like oh they're gonna lose this like Dude. they're gonna lose they were gonna be up ten one they're gonna lose That's Jose Jose Alvarez never never against made, the Marlins sorry never made a ten two game feel closer than possible like he made he made a ten two game feel like it was close yes that's how bad I feel about Jose Alvarez at this point yeah um, well he's red I mean we talked about this last time it feels like when they put Jose Alvarez in the game it's like conceding they're saying here you go dude they put him in here's some runs. Last Enjoy. series, they put him in when they were down by one in the eighth inning. It's like, well, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, are we just throwing in the towel? Um, yeah, I mean, thank God they won. But I thought Arietta was mostly fine. Um, I, it was good that, he, honestly, sounds bad. 
was kind of rooting for a, a bad moment for him just so we could get him back in line with the whole wow the just whole. knock him down a peg yeah, yeah like oh look at this yeah, guy yeah, i wanted to, i wanted to see it you wanted to be too high on his horse there yeah 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 like little, he's little pitching he's pitching semi-decently and wow. he's like gonna start calling out his teammates so it was, wow. it was nice of him to, to come back Jack down to Fritch earth a little bit he was rooting against the phillies I was not rooting how about against. that that's, man that's too far it's dark um his line looks way worse than it was because right, cause he, Alvarez came in. Yes. and Five earned runs, that was really two. Jose earned. Alvarez technically didn't allow a run. I know. <laughs> so Shut good. out baseball for Jose Alvarez, Jack. Come on. <laughs> Never doubted Jose. What are you Jose. talking about? Never doubted Jose Shut Alvarez. Shut out baseball. Um, but yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was mostly fine. I'm not gonna freak out about Harriet. I think he's been too good so far. Yeah, this year he was. To I didn't. I. I still. And thought, you have ten one. Sometimes you just don't have that same bite to it. You yeah. know what I mean. And I. I. I didn't notice anything mechanically. Like when I was watching his mechanics, he was still getting through the ball. Um, getting through his rotation and all that stuff. Uh, I thought he was fine. I didn't think it was a great Arietta performance. Obviously, it wasn't. Um, his command obviously went there in the fifth, but it's fine. I, I'm not I'm not too worried about it. Well, it was in the sixth. It was yeah. nice to see the offense finally put some runs up against a good pitcher. Trevor Richards, a good pitcher. Pretty good. I have a question, too, about the Segura thing coming up later. I want to ask you, Mr. Unwritten Rules guy, a question, because I do have something I've always wondered, but we'll get to that later. Um, anything else from Saturday? Uh, they awoke the sleeping giant that is Curtis Granderson. He had three hits. <laughs> How could you let the <laughs> 150, he's 40 yet. 150 he's hitter to 40 Curtis, now, Granderson, right? Curtis Granderson? He's got to be close to 40. He's certainly, I would say Unbelievable. he's certainly getting there. Yeah, Segura got hit, what, Saturday? He's hitting that on Saturday. Terrifying moment. Totally okay. You know, comes back on Sunday, has the three hits. Here's a stat I heard today, which is almost hard to believe. In the 18 games Gene Segura has been in the lineup, they average over six runs per game. Yeah. In the ten games he hasn't, they average just over two runs per game. Yeah, they're it's almost av- hard to believe. They had averaged two point eight runs before he. I came mean, back. that's that's outrageous. How is that? I mean, Gene's a Gene's a girl for MVP, Jack. I mean, those are MVP numbers right there, my friend. I mean, he is just so, he's so important to what they do on offense. He really is, though. Like, I, I'm being somewhat facetious here, obviously, but I do think that when he was out, you saw the difference it made. Yeah, because. It, it, it just pushes everyone down the lineup, and you have Segura in the two-hole that can poke the ball the other way. Um, he does everything you want from it. We've talked about this, whether it's move runners over, whether it's you need a hit and run, whether it's what... He could do everything a two-hitter needs to do. Yeah, and it lets McCutcheon um, go first to third if he needs to, if he gets on base. If McCutcheon gets out, then Segura can just focus on getting a hit, um, and then it... it I didn't love Real Muto in the two-hole. I thought he was fine at it, and I thought that uh, if he needed to do it in a pinch, he would and be fine. Um, but it puts Real Muto in the five-hole. That gives way better protection for Reese um, and lets him just attack the ball. Um, and then even you put Nick Williams in the six-hole. I love that move. I, just in general, from from Friday to then what they did on Saturday and Sunday with, with McCutcheon in center and Nick Williams there, I thought that was a very necessary move. Aaron Altair, I'm sorry. That dude, Can't do it. he stinks. I mean, he might be the worst hitter on the team, which is saying something because Andrew Knapp's on this team. And Roman Quinn, obviously, it's a shame. It is what it is. It is what it is. Made a glass, you know. But obviously, they need Oduble back. But I think when Oduble's out, I, I think you sacrifice the defense and you put McCutcheon in center and, and Williams in left, and that's a much better lineup. Yeah. Um, oh, the one thing that happened. That Homer Williams hit. That was a beast home. Uh, yeah, that well, was one of those, like, just like, just keeps going. It's yeah, but, like, oh, it's a double. It's like, no, it's way out of here. Yeah, but you want to know the dumb thing about the the, the Williams home run was that it, it was projected, its distance was supposedly further than Bryce's on StatCast. Well, that's stupid. Which is ridiculous. Yeah, it was not dumb. further than Bryce Harper's. No. Bryce Harper's just hit the Bucks count. But it was a laser. 
It was a laser. It, yeah. Listen, I think Nick Williams is talented, uh, and I think he has a lot of pop. And this is my pitch to trade him to the San Francisco Giants for Will Smith. Uh, if, if give me Will Smith. If Farhan Zahidi is listening yes. to the podcast, he smokes the ball every single time he's up. Um, now I do love, I do like McCutcheon in center field. He made a nice diving catch. He on, did. That was a nice catch. But he also nearly cost him the game. He said, "Look, he shouldn't." That's why I'm saying I'm giving up defense in center field. I'll just to get Williams bad in the line. Just to, I, I'd rather do that yeah. personally. I think that and look, I and think also, this offense has shown it's needed it at times. This offense has shown a propensity to get very cold over the last few weeks as we've seen. Horrible. But horrible. and uh Williams has made a couple nice plays in the field. He's been fine. Like he's a fine fielder. Like Throughout the guy on Friday night. That that way actually I mean they lost the game. It was Thursday night, right? Yeah. That was a Great throw. It was. It was I, I mean, it saved the game for a little bit. They ended up losing, but it saved the game for a while there. Let me just say, I did not expect that. <laughs> no, me neither. I was like, what? <laughs> Where did that arm come from? Yeah, no, I just did not did not see that one no. coming. Um, um uh, yeah, that that game, like tell me tell me that game you weren't like they're gonna lose this. <laughs> I thought they were gonna lose. Yeah. It, when it was 10-9, I was like, it's over. Yeah. I was it's like, just, they're gonna lose. <laughs> no, they were 10-1. No way they win this game. Yeah. And then and then what happens? Oh, Reese, it's another clutch home run because all that dude does is hit clutch home. Do you think? Do you ever remember a player? And I know the numbers are out there for. But do you ever remember a player we've had who just seems to all his home runs seems to matter? Like it's not just the ten nothing. Oh, it's now it's eleven nothing. Like it feels like every homer the guy hits is a meaningful home run in 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 a game. You know? Yeah, I mean Rollins had a lot of meaningful hits, uh, not home runs. I'm I would just talking say. pure home runs. I'm talking about yeah, Reese I mean, Hoskins hits home runs almost always like late in a game or to put him ahead or whatever it is. Well, I mean his, the stats of him. The stats I know they're they're crazy. They're crazy. And I, I do. I think Reese Hoskins his start has almost been a bit underrated. It has. I mean, got what eight <laughs> homers, twenty something RBI. He's the second most second most April home runs in team history. Behind Pat Burrell. I mean, no one's talking about that. Yeah, no one's talking about Nobody. that. Nobody. He's on pace for 120 RBIs. He's on pace for 40 plus home runs, and he's he has a 400 OBP. That's pretty good, Jack. Now he's horrible on the field. Yeah. I mean, like he horrendous. Like horrible. I still, I'm still reeling from the last pod when you told me his number is against lefties. Isn't that crazy? I'm still reeling from it. Yeah. It's totally changed the way I look at him. I can't believe it. As someone who owns him on two fantasy teams, now I'm like looking at matchups and being like, oh, a lefty on the hill. Like, should I sit Reese today? Like, what am I doing? What am I, I doing? I know, and I can't remember a bomb he's hit off of a lefty. <laughs> it's I. It really that of all the things we talk about on the show, that one has really stuck with me. Yeah, it's crazy. crazy. It's crazy. But I agree with you. I think people are not talking about how good he's been and, and how huge he's been, how important he's been for this team so far. Agreed. Obviously, um, offensively only. And I would like to say this. Uh, I just want to get it out there um, for you mostly. Um, <laughs> what are you going to tell me? I'm old now or something? No. Okay. I like Sean Rodriguez more than Phil Gosselin. Yes. He's good. Welcome to the club, my friend. He's good, right? He's feisty. He's got a little fire to him. And he's a really good uh, clubhouse guy. Like, he has no problem going up and telling someone when they're doing stuff wrong. I think a young team, uh, a team that's trying to compete for the first time, needs uh, accountability like totally. that. Um, he's and been he smokes, around the block. And he smokes lefties. He does smoke lefties. And and again, he's, he plays hard. And when I know? watch him in the in the field, it's like, this guy can, this guy can play defense. He knows where he's supposed to be. Yep. Like, he, he might not be the best shortstop you've ever seen, but he knows where he's supposed to be. He's in the right place. He can turn a double play. All those types of things that, you know, look, Phil's not a shortstop. It's no. not his fault, but he shouldn't be playing shortstop. Rodriguez is much better there. So, And it looks like, you know, Kingery, I would guess, still a couple weeks at best away, which is frustrating. Yeah, I mean, that that it looked like a real legit hamstring pull. Yeah, it, one of those, like, and those things linger. Yeah. Which is a good segue to talk about Cesar. Did the man forget how to play defense? And look, we, I think you and I are- Cesar faults. You are, yeah, you and I are aligned <laughs> in the fact that I think that people underrate his offense now. He's been a really good offensive player for the last few weeks batting like 360 or something over the last few weeks, whatever yeah. it is, two weeks. Um, he's been really good, but 
Jack, <laughs> Cesar Knobloch out there. What is happening? I mean, it, it's got to be a mental thing, right? Is he? He? I heard a couple people on the midday show today mention is the 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 classic "Don't hit the ball to me, don't hit the ball to me, don't hit the ball to me" guy. Like it seems like he's out there just being like, "Don't hit it to me, please," because I'm gonna screw it up. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, I still think he. Um I think once one mistake happens, it kind of all snowballs. Uh, yeah, on him. it turns like an avalanche for him. I think that's oh, I think a very Markel Fultz effect. Yeah, but I do think a lot of his problems have come from the fact that the Phillies told him to bulk up over the offseason. and in bulking up, it has caused him to lose a lot of his flexibility, and he can't. He's not as quick. He's not as quick to the ball, which is you've noticed even running. Like he doesn't beat out grounders <laughs> to first base anymore. He's like, ripped. He, he it's unbelievable. I feel like he's been thrown out on a close play at first that would have been an infield single for ninety percent of guys. Like. Five times already this year. I feel like it happens all the time. Yeah, and he has no range going to the middle. Yes. Um. The the play yesterday was, it was, like I'm not usually the Bencham guy, but you're going to your right, Segura. It's like clearly a shortstop's ball to turn and fire to first base, and he cuts off Segura. It was unbelievable. It was like you didn't know how to play baseball in that moment. Yeah, that's the thing. Like people complain about Odubel's lack of like. A defensive prowess or whatever and this is like this is like mental breakdown yes it's crazy it's again the play in the Mets game he doesn't put his glove on the ground Jack you've played baseball your whole life I mean that's like little league stuff well, like not- in little league if you have a ball hit your way it goes through <clears> your five hole your coach says always put your glove on the ground it can't go past you maybe it hits you on the body but always get your glove on the ground it can't go onto you you learned that in little league Jack he dropped, little league he, he dropped a pop up yes he didn't even drop it he didn't even touch it Jack yeah he wasn't even close he wasn't even close to it I think from a pure baseball standpoint cutting off the shortstop was the worst was it yes the I Colorado base running mistake was the second everything else is like well, like what it's all bad yeah. the Colorado base running mistake was just pure stupidity I mean that was pure like who gets up off the bag if you don't know if you're out or safe if you don't see the umpire call you out who gets up off the bag yeah. I, I have this, is all li- this is all stuff that I would get mad if I were coaching kids on a little league team and they did it I would get mad at them for yeah. it yeah no I, I agree and I don't want to bury Cesar because he's been a good offensive player but like Man, you can only live with this stuff for so long. Like it's just bad. That is bad. Like, I'll but say, I'm also not. I'm also not overreacting and putting in Sean Rodriguez at second no, base. No, but I will say it again. He's incredibly lucky that Scott Kingery got hurt because but Scott if, Kingery would be the starting second baseman. Even mind. if Kingery's healthy, what are you going to do with Cesar? Well, that's the issue, right? I, I look. I mean, I'm not saying you start Kingery every single game. You have to get Cesar in there, and Kingery could do other stuff. But man. You can't put someone out there if they keep making these plays. You're going to lose games. Yeah, I just don't think they really have a better alternative at this point. Honestly, I don't think they have a better alternative. And even if well, Kingery, Scott Kingery's a better alternative. You would think. You would think. I think he is as well. But he's then he's a just, better alternative. The, the point is, is that you don't have a better alternative to do with Cesar. But like, you still have to put the best players out there. Yeah, but Cesar is a very key cog to the offense. Yeah, but if you can't play defense, you can't be out there. Uh, Right? I mean, I mean, Reese Hoskins is playing first base. Yeah, but first base is a less important <laughs> defensive position than second base is. Uh, I agree. Yeah. I agree. But and also easier defensively. Yeah. Yeah. And Reese, at least, uh, you catch the ball when they throw it to you. He seems to do that <laughs> That's good. most of the time. That is good. Sometimes. sometimes. He's sometimes. only cost him two games so yeah. far. Look, with not being I'm not ball. trying to say, like, all right, I'll rephrase. <laughs> Reese Hoskins is a way better offensive I, player than I Cesar. I know he is. I know he is. I'm just saying that. I get it. I don't know what, I don't I know what they're supposed I get it. to it's do. A, you, it's an asset that has value, at, and if you start Kingery, there's no value there, whereas Kingery can have other value in other spots. Yeah, I mean, I listen. It. If it's you a want, misappropriation of roster resources. If you want to trade Cesar, totally down. 
It's but, just who's taking Cesar right now. I mean, he's a good player, but what are you getting for Cesar that's going to help? And you what right rebuilding now? team is going to take a twenty-eight-year-old yes. second baseman? Yeah. So, and yeah, the problem is, you could trade him for a for a B prospect or something like that, or C prospect or whatever. But what does that really do for you, right? Right. Now? It doesn't do much for you. All right. Let's move on to Sunday. F. Yeah. I mean. F. Yeah. Listen, there's a very clear success path for Zach Eflin. Jack texted me during the game yesterday. He's so geeked up. He's like, Eflin's success is so easy. It's, it's, it's so the, easy. It's the easiest thing I, to predict I said, I can't in, wait to hear about in it. baseball. Like, when the guy throws his freaking four-seamer, he's good. When he doesn't throw it, he's bad. That's as simple as it can get. When That's he, confusing. Could you explain that a yes. little better, please? So let me just break this down. <laughs> when he grips the ball in a four-seam grip, throws it up in the zone, either to lefties or righties, left side of the plate, right side of the plate, and he locates it, and everything off of that is now sliders, cutters, curveballs, change-ups, which he didn't throw a change-up once yesterday, which is interesting. But when he does that, he's good. When he's bad is when he starts throwing slider and cutter a lot more than he has. Yesterday, he threw 54% first four-seam fastballs, the most of the season. Boom. 54%. 54%. And he was 94-95. He even mixed in a little like 92 little sinker, I think, down down and into righties that generate a lot of soft contact. I I mean, we've said it. We've said it. Like, do I think he's Cy Eflin? No. Do I think he's a solid pitcher that can give him six or seven innings, less than two runs? Yes. And he's shown the propensity to throw complete games. He's thrown two of them before. He threw them in 2016. Uh, do, do I expect this all the time? No. But do I think he can be a very, very solid major league pitcher? Yes. And and do I do I lose my mind when he gets away from his fastball like he did against the Marlins? Yes, I lose my mind. But he was good on Sunday. And listen, Chris Young, if you listen to this podcast, if you ever let him not throw more than 45% forcing fastballs, you should be fired. Like there's there's no doubt about it. This is what makes him good. It's what makes keeps hitters from from, from squaring him up. And so it makes his off speed, which is not great, uh, look much better than it actually is. Um, I only have one issue with that. What do you mean if he listens to the podcast? Right, right, right. right. Chris, he needs to take. You he, heard he, Jack. He's taking notes. <laughs> he's, he's taking notes. He's taking I notes. Know. He's taking notes. All right, Jack. I know. Coming up in a few minutes, we're going to look ahead to the week uh, coming up. I do have. Uh, I have an unwritten rules question I want to ask you too, as the self-proclaimed leader, go-to king, whatever you want to say it of the unwritten rules. Jackie, unwritten rules. Jackie, unwritten rules. I need to enlist Jackie, unwritten rules for an answer. All right, and I will unload everything something. I have in my notes because I have a lot. Oh, good. Yeah, and I got some other notes too. So all that is coming up. But first, Pat McCarthy. We teased it. We actually did an interview. Yeah. Because something amazing happened. <laughs> the most something, dominant start in AAA history. Something amazing happened. <laughs> Let's get to it. Here's Pat McCarthy. And joining us now, we actually have a guest on the podcast, yeah. Jack. This is very unlike us. Rarified air. And well, we, we, when we do it, it has to be special. It has to be special. It has to be special. Someone and has to strike out 14 in the AAA sure, game. And we get the opportunity <laughs> to actually talk to the play-by-play man of the Lehigh Valley Iron Briggs, the man who saw it happen, Mr. Pat McCarthy. Pat, what up, brother? No, nothing much. I'm on my way up to the stadium now. I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Well, when Nick Pavetta strikes out 14 guys in a minor league start, <laughs> I, I don't think we had a choice on this podcast here. This is a very big day for one of us. Yeah, I, I texted James, Pat, and I said, James, uh, we're having Pat McCarthy on the podcast tomorrow. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care if you say yes or no. I need to know uh, how Nick looked yesterday. So, Pat, uh, take us through what some are saying is the most uh, dominant AAA start. So- Yes, one is saying. Well, 
in a word, he was dominant. Uh, he was really, really good. Uh, and Jack, I know this will make you very happy. I thought his best pitch was his curveball. Oh, that's uh, a bit. Oh. so we're back, Pat. That's what you're saying. We're <laughs> the Pavetta breakout season's back. I mean, we are. It's really, really close. If this is the Nick Pavetta that is going to, yeah, it's impossible to ask him to strike out 14 every time he goes out there. Um, but no, I mean, he was really, really good yesterday. Um, yeah, it was definitely a leaps and bounds better start than his first start up in Pawtucket. Um, so, you know, for him to come out there and uh, you strike out the first six guys and then, you know, your eight through three innings, uh, it, you know, the way I described it, and I, I think I told you, Jack, this, that he was, he was a man amongst boys out there last night. Uh, he, he was really, really good. Yeah, his fastball was, you know, 96. His curveball was really good. He's working in a split finger. What? Um, so he's really trying to develop extra pitches. So Wait, wait, yeah. wait. Pat, 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 pat. You just slid in a split finger, <laughs> which is literally what I've been craving for since I think I was 16 for Nick Pavetta. Yeah, wait, huh? So, so, all right. Is it like a split changeup? Is it a splitter? Is he not throwing a changeup anymore? Like, what is happening with the splitter? Because that's the difference between him being Nick Pavetta and being Kurt Schilling, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm not totally sure. I, I would imagine it's more of a split change, um, but yeah, it's something that he's working on. I think this is the right time to do it. Um, you know, he mixed in his slider here and there. The curveball, like I said, looks really good. So if he can develop a fourth pitch and he can throw it effectively, I, I still think he's going to make an impact in Philadelphia. I mean, the way we're seeing the season go is that guys are going to get hurt. Um, you know, NEL's up there right now, whether NEL slides into the starting rotation if somebody happens to go down. But otherwise, Pavetta's going to be the first guy that's called back up there because um, they want Suarez to get consistent innings. You know, Anderson's been bouncing in and out of the bullpen. So, yeah, Pavetta's still that first option if somebody goes down. So the fact that he's working on a fourth pitch and the fact that his fastball is, you know, really good and if he's locating his curveball, I, you know, I could he, we see what we saw from Hector Naris or Adubre Ramos, a guy that comes back and throws really well. Pat, uh, let's get some context here because I'm sharing a studio with someone who is out of his mind right now, Pat. Uh, four, <laughs> 14 strikeouts. Look, it, a lot of our listeners don't watch a ton of AAA baseball. What is that? Obviously, I know if a guy strikes out 14 in a major league game, what that means. What does it mean in, in AAA? How different is the talent level? You know, what did you see from him that made you believe, you know, that it was, uh, you know, that there was more to it than just a, a 14 strikeout performance in AAA? Well, Buffalo, in terms of a team, has some of the best prospects in all of baseball. I mean, I know Vladimir Guerrero Jr. obviously isn't there anymore, and you know, Bo Bichette's hurt, but he was still working on a lineup that has a lot of major league talent in it. And you know, for him, that a 96-mile-an-hour fastball that you're locating is going to be effective at any level. And if you're mixing him at different speeds, that you know, maybe 14 strikeouts to AAA obviously doesn't translate to 14 strikeouts in the big leagues. Well, okay. But a kid still... It still could translate to, you know, eight or nine strikeouts in a game. And the fact of the matter is he's not walking guys. And he's not allowing a lot of hits, which is what he was doing in the major league. So, you know, if you're throwing strikes and you're getting guys to chase, you're going to be effective no matter what level you're at. Um, and obviously, the plate discipline is a little bit better in the big leagues. But, you know, these are still guys that have big league talent. These are still guys that are one step away from the big leagues. So, no, 14 strikeouts in AAA doesn't mean the same thing as it would in 14 strikeouts in the major leagues, but he was three away from setting an Iron Pigs record. It's the most strikeouts we've seen by an Iron Pigs pitcher over the last two years. Um, so, yeah, either way, it, it was really exciting, and I think if he can go out and he can just build on this start, I think we're going to see Pavetta continue to transform. 
Now, he did get tired in the sixth, right? Like, that's when it kind of started falling apart a little bit. He allowed the walk yeah. in the single, and then, you know, classic Pavetta fashion. Can't get through the sixth. Hey, he allowed a couple of base runners in the sixth, but, you know, it, the temperatures weren't great. It wasn't ideal. Oh, that's what I needed. That's, that's what this we needed is, to this hear. Is the most Thank Jack you. Fritz answer in Thank the history you. of answers, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to keep piling on on this, but uh, no, yeah, Jack's it was, loving it. You're it was Jack in the mid forties. Like, it was raining. Trying That's to do, it. listen. If he's striking out fourteen in mid forties in rain, what can he do in the big leagues? Pat, trying to do the rest of this podcast with him after we're done with you is is going to be impossible. <laughs> his his head well, is the I'm size sorry, of his Jay, room. Sorry, Jay, I didn't right mean now. to do this to you. I forgive <laughs> you, Pat. So uh, uh, before we let you go, uh, first of all, follow Pat on Twitter at Pat McCarthy underscore. But I heard a rumor, Pat, fan of the show. Fan of the High Hopes podcast. It's a beautiful thing, my friend. Yeah, I, uh, What's your favorite yeah, I've part got about, about the a 90 show? 90-mile commute, so uh, it, it keeps me busy when I'm on my drive up to, uh, up to Coca-Cola Park. Dude, imagine a 90-mile commute. Like his, his commute is 90 miles. That sounds like torture. That sounds bad. That's man. a long day. It's just one Allentown to the other. Yeah, oh, Allentown. That's a lot of Allentowns. A man can only handle <laughs> so many a lot of Allentowns. Well, luckily you have us to guide you yes. through, or unluckily. Wait, before, before we let you go, Pat, I have... Two quick hitters because one will appease James and one will appease me. Uh, wh- I care about one of these. Two. Yes, you do. So uh, Kyle Doey <laughs> didn't throw a strike oh, I wonder yesterday. Who that one's for. <laughs> what is? Yeah. What, like, he just didn't throw a strike. He couldn't find the location. He you scared him off in a pregame interview. I mean, what's what's going on with Kyle Doey? Uh, I think it's just going to be jitters. I think it's going to be his first couple of appearances here at AAA. I mean, you can see the stuff. It's electric. Yeah. Um, he just, you know, he just one of those things where he just couldn't locate his fastball. He couldn't work, locate his slider yesterday. Um, you know, that's kind of been the, the knock on Doey through his career is just that he has trouble throwing strikes. And when he does, he is unhittable. Um, you know, I talked to Greg Caserta the other day, who is Redding's broadcaster, and he said that he thought Doey had really turned a quarter with his command. Um, this was the day that we were getting him up uh, in Pawtucket. And, uh, you know, so far, he just, you know, he struggled with his command, but you, you can see the stuff's there. Um, so as soon as he starts to you know, consistently throw strikes, I, he, there's a reason he's one step away. So, uh, yeah, I think there's, there's still a lot to be, you know, a lot of improvements with Kyle Dewey, but, uh, his ceiling is really, really high. All right. And final one for you here. Uh, there's a catcher in the major league roster who won on one of us on this podcast. Absolutely cannot stand. Uh, and that is Andrew Knapp. So tell us about Debbie Gruyon yes! and how he needs to be up here. Please, immediately. please <laughs> tell me, Pat. <laughs> Well, I mean, Davey, you know, he's been, he's been really, really good this year. It's, you know, I saw him a little bit in Reading two years ago, and he was a guy that was really still working defensively, and his offense was there. Um, and he just took off last year. And, you know, everybody knows that, that followed the minor leagues, that numbers do get inflated in Reading just a little bit. Um, but he is, he has absolutely mashed the baseball here in his first season in AAA, and his defense is really coming along, too. Um, Bring him up. It can't be worse than Knapp's defense. Still, so. He still really has to work on throwing guys out. Base runners have been successful against him so far. Um, but offensively, I mean, between him and Rob Brantley, I think the Pigs have probably the best hitting duo of catchers uh, in the international. You throw Matt McBride in there, too. They've got a pretty uh, pretty good trio. I'll take uh, but all yeah, no, three has been really good. I mean, he, he hit a ball out to right field the other day, and you know, you talk to the coaching staff down here. That's the one thing that they're really, really high on with him is just that his opposite field power is there. Uh, and two of his home runs this season have gone to dead center field, so he's hitting it all over the ballpark. Ah, oh, this is music to my ears right here, Pat. Anything we could do to, to replace Andrew <laughs> up on this round. Pat, thank you so much for coming on, man. Yeah, as I said, uh, you certainly made one of our days, that's for sure. And I enjoyed it as well. <laughs> 
Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. See you, Pat. Talk to you soon. See you, guys. That was pretty good stuff, Jack. Of course. How about that? I had to mix in uh, the nappy question for you. Yeah, I appreciated that. And Dewey, Dewey, Dewey season in AAA is not going well. Not yet. <laughs> not Give yet. it some time. Yeah, he's got to get his feet under him. It was Nap 40. season in Major League Baseball is not going so well Listen, either. Listen, you so. heard Pat McCarthy. He said it was 40 degrees and raining, okay? Jack, who was supposed to thrive in that kind of situation? I, no one. Ever. No one, and yet he did. <laughs> How amazing is that, Jack? Uh, speaking, though, of your calls and stuff, really quickly, I just have to ask you a question. Um, it's April 29th. Has Adam Morgan given up a run yet? Adam Morgan has not given up a I run just yet. just want to make sure. Yeah, no. That, it was, April 29th. It was my only prediction heading into the season. We're was over that, a month into the season. Yeah. You're Adam Morgan, the my, guy who I the guy it. who everyone guy. was crapping on forever. This guy <laughs> yeah. called it. What I'd say. Not even you. I'm just talking yeah. to the people out there. I remember, love Adam remember I always <laughs> said Adam Morgan's going to be great. What are you talking about? Last week we talked about like Pettibone and those guys. <laughs> we, David we, Buchanan. Yeah, we forgot to mention Adam Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I know. You're right. Good I know. Point. I know. And now he's he's Adam freaking Morgan. He's uh, not even Adam Morgan anymore. He's Adam M F and Morgan. All right. One more before you <laughs> spill your notes on me, and then we do some unwritten stuff. A- Adam F and Morgan. <laughs> I like that. Adam M um, F and Morgan. Where is your trust meter at with Hector Neris the closer? <laughs> Another save over the weekend, uh, my friend. Never a Another doubt. Another save over the weekend. <laughs> Always easy, Hector Neris. Just lock it in. It's like, yeah. it's done. It's like, Get a lead, ninth inning, over. He's the new Mariano Rivera. God, he's terrifying. He's He is, if you, he's the roller coaster of, of relievers. It's like it's like life on a Lidge. We used to make those jokes, and Lidge was better. Don't get me wrong. Better, way more. I felt way better with Brad Lidge coming in. But it's that whole, like, it was never easy feel of it. It's never easy with Hector Neris. <sighs> I know. And that splitter is, it's actually, it's gotten better, I would say. I think the splitter is nasty. It's a like, nasty pitch, it's man. It's nasty. It's, uh, like I said last time, I think it's the best pitch on the team. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a really good definitely pitch. Definitely up there. Um, He's just a heart attack. Hey, listen, I think he's fine. I'm rooting for Hector. And when, I, when he celebrates after they win, like, my heart is full. Oh, I love it. It's, it makes I me so love happy. It. And he gets so happy. And he's, he's such a, like, he'll always say, like, well, you know, when my guys go out and, and pitch so good, I got to finish it off for them and all that. Like, yeah, he's yeah. like, I like the guy. I know. I'm rooting for Hector Neris. The guy's just not a ninth inning. He's not a ninth inning option. Not a ninth inning guy. Like he, high leverage Hector is a <laughs> <laughs> nightmare. I like that. High leverage Hector. <laughs> nightmare experience. Um, no, he's fine. It's just... I would feel much better if it's Robertson. And do you feel nine and eight in the seventeen straight game stretch? You good with that? I feel like that's okay. I'm okay. Yeah, with I, uh, the road trip was bad, but there's a bad road team. Um, they, they are a bad road team. They are a bad road team. Yeah. We'll eventually have to figure that out. Um, but yeah, it's fine. Nine and eight, seventeen straight games. They have two off days this week. That sh- they should have a full bullpen against this Tigers team coming in with my boy Turnbull. I'm excited you to watch. You big Spencer Turnbull guy? Yeah, he's good. I mean, he's no Matt Boyd, but he's okay. Yeah, I watched Turnbull in the spring, and I was like, this guy's good. All Let's- I do is watch Matt Boyd now. I love him because I have one of my favorite. Well, the Phillies are trade for him at the deadline. I hope so. I just don't know why the Tigers would trade him. Like, well, why- because he's he's 28. He's a late bloomer. They're three years away from competing. He's, yeah, but you still have him. Like, he's still under service time. I mean, you yeah, got him but- for like five years on a cheap deal. Why wouldn't you keep him? I don't get he's it. He's got three arbitration years left. Does he really have three left? Is that it? Yeah. I thought it was five. No. Okay. He, he's got three years left. Wow. Still, no, he's I a think, valuable asset is the point. No, I agree. It's just that if you're the Tigers, you're not competing yet. You're trying to get prospects. Yeah, for him, so and and you, he's a 28 year old late bloomer. Like, wow. you know, I, I, don't I think love him. I'm well, yeah. Well, hey, how about speak, go get him? Speaking of trade targets, Mike Miner struck out 13 on Saturday. I know, I saw. Infuriating. Yeah. Well, I didn't. I don't want to kill him, but like, what what was holding that deal back? It's a great question. It felt like it, it felt like it was happening. Might have been your boy Adam Hazley. What if it was that? Uh oh. What if, it, yeah, nah. what if it was Nick Bavetta? No, nah, it wasn't. We heard about teams trying to trade for Nick Bavetta. 
Could have been. <laughs> that would have been sad. All right. Um, real quick, and then we'll get to the notes and the unwritten rules. Any general thoughts this week? Two off days, which is huge. Off day today, off day Thursday. Thank God they yeah. need it. And then that that le- that lets Real Muto play all the And time. they're home all week, which is nice. So the Tigers come to town, whatever. You hope they could take both from the Tigers, one or two at the <laughs> yeah. worst. Doesn't seem like they sweep teams, but... They didn't. Well... They did sweep the Braves on opening weekend. True. So. Hasn't happened since. And then the Nats coming to town, obviously. Hopefully some uh, revenge. For I the can't last wait to see that Nats bullpen. Uh, I just want to take them Yeah, down. but I mean, Thursday we'll talk more about the Nats series. Yeah, but. we'll get into that series. Tiger series, not much to say. Yeah, I don't know. Tiger stink. The, the, the Tiger stink. Like they're, I know they have a solid record right now. They're a bad baseball team. The Phillies should be able to handle them. Turnbull's an interesting pitcher. I'm excited yeah. to watch him. And you pitch. get to see uh, your old buddy Tyson Ross in game two. He's a tiger now. Did you even, oh. did you even know Tyson yes, Ross was a did. tiger? I did. I didn't think I'd have to watch Tyson, Tyson Ross. Tyson Ross. That guy has down. no idea where the ball is going. Brother of Joe Ross. I know. I do love Joe Ross. I miss Joe Ross. I know. I miss good Joe Ross. Good Joe Ross. Well, I don't really miss him, but no, like he's for national, fantasy. I don't really care, but. Good Joe Ross is interesting. He was fun to watch. I wanted the Phillies to trade for him. All right. Before I get to my unwritten rules question for you, lay some notes All on right. me. Uh, one note. Oh, no. I, got, I don't know why I said one. Uh, One of many. <laughs> yeah. First, uh, I have 434 notes. Let's get started. Yes. Sir Anthony's slider is moving at two and a half uh, inches yeah, right now. I saw you tweet about this. And it was f- it, when he came up, it was four to six inches. That's how. That's what his fastball is moving. Or his slider was moving at that much. So what's the problem? Uh, I think it's release point, And I think, well, not release point. I think it's his grip on it. I mean, speaking from personal experience, <laughs> some of us, some of us lose our slider grip and can't regain it. Um, it's just, some it's of just us a, high level pitchers. It's just, it, it's just a bad pitch right now. It's a legitimately bad pitch. And if he doesn't have another pitch to go with his fastball, it makes his fastball way easier. Yeah, for up. sure. So I feel like everything with him is just, is just, um, is, is grips. Like he doesn't know when his cutter's going to cut. But it just does sometimes. Um, he doesn't know when a slider is going to be on or off. But it really hasn't been on since he came up. Like when, remember when he came up, it was like this pitch. This pitch is devastating. Mm, yeah, we thought it was a dominant pitch. It just hasn't been there. All right. Do you think he gets back there? I would hope through video scouting and all that. I would hope that he Chris. Another job for you here, buddy. Chris. Get it back to where it needs to be. His, fix his slider. Fix it. Um, the Phillies record on the Fanatics' birthday is 30-11. and 11. Is it really? Yeah. So they get up to play for the Fanatics' birthday? <laughs> yeah, you can't lose on the Fanatics' birthday. <laughs> you can't lose on that day. I mean, they've, done it, there. they've done it 11 times, apparently. Yeah, but 30-11? and 11? I think they should make every day the Fanatics' birthday. What do you think birthday. of the Bryce Harper Fanatic bro thing? It's I mean, fine. It's cute. I, yeah, like I don't it. care. I'm fine with it. It's fine. Whatever. It's okay. Whatever. Does Mike, it feel forced to you? Well, I think everything's a little, yeah, a little forced, but it's okay. It's our guy. I like it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say I'm a fan of it. I'm gonna go with that. Um, Michael Franco has gone. <laughs> people are swimming, man. There is like a whole line of people swimming out to the island because he's going to the opposite field. He's been good. He's been. He's going the opposite field. I'm. I want to bash him, and I can't. I know. Well, I don't have anything to say. Like I listen. Where we are, we are Put him out. in the eight hole. That's what I'm gonna say. Yeah, he's bad when he gets up. What is the deal? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's like we're talking with Cesar with the mental thing. Defensively, it does seem like there's just something about being that eight hole for that guy. And any other spot, he's you like, put that's him in my just, spot. Yes, he's just not the same guy. It's really crazy. <laughs> yeah, he's like that's my spot. Um, <laughs> uh, so 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 Michael. First off, opposite field. I'm more in on opposite field Franco than eight hole Franco. Ooh, because opposite opposite field Franco is so not the same guy. Not the same. Okay, different guy. Different guy. Good to know. <laughs> different guy. I thought they were the same. I was wrong. Obviously, opposite field Franco is a good guy. A good, a good hitter. We like, we like opposite field yes. Franco. That's okay. a, that's a, that's a weapon. Um, also, Michael Franco has gone 508 straight plate appearances 
without striking out in back to back at back to back at bats. Wow, really? he struck out nine times this year. What is going on? What world am I living in right now? You know, he's always been a pretty decent non-big strikeout but guy. But that's a really wild stat right there. That's back to last season. That's Yeah, obviously. Tony Gwynn went three years one time without doing this. But ah, we'll stay with Micah. Tony Gwynn. Yeah, crazy. So you're saying Broncos next Tony Gwynn? Is Could that, be. Some would say that. It's a fair take. I think it is, too. Basically the same type of hitter, right? I Way mean, better. <laughs> All right, right. Um, next note. Um, Alec Baum. Is Ooh. batting 373, I'm pretty sure, at Lakewood with a 400, 446 OBP. I He needs to be moved up, and I have a little birdie that says I think he's going to be moved up very soon. Jackie Minor League Sources. Jackie Minor League Sources. <laughs> I like that you found a way to, to add on to your final thoughts and just do like, a, uh, I got notes too. They're just basically a bunch of All final right, I'll thoughts. I'll say one of my things for you final gotta thoughts. You got to say one, but we're going to do final thoughts. I know. I know. All right. My, fi- my, my final notes before I get to final thoughts. <laughs> Your final not thought note. Got it. So there's this one promo on the Phillies on the Phillies uh, returns. We play our returns before we come back from the breaks. Mm-hmm. And it's like uh, 94 it's radio w- lingo for you. Yeah. It's returns. Like, it's like 94 WIP. You're home for the best Phillies sports talk is one of them. Oh, no. Actually, this is wrong. This is the, it's, so the, there's also these last commercials before we come back from break that are Phillies commercials saying what they have upcoming, right? So they have like uh, Dollar Dog Nights this Sure. Night. Andrew right. McCutcheon, Retro. Jersey night, right, right. all that stuff. So, sure. the, so the new one, and I just want to get your thoughts on this. Uh-oh. There's a Game of Thrones theme night. There's a Star Wars theme night. The final theme night is a nurse theme night. What is a nurse theme night? What? Are you supposed to go to the ballpark dressed as a nurse? That's really What could weird. be a nurse? Every time every time it comes up, it's like right before the 10 okay. second countdown, I get back to France game, I'm just laughing. Because I'm like, what, what could possibly be a nurse related theme night? I got it. You wear glasses and a suit, Nick Nurse Night. Nick Nurse Night, it's, right? I get, I I every every time I hear it. And by the way, it's weird. Uh, so like, is it like dress up as like a sexy nurse? I don't like know. A, I'm so confused. And also, is it like for dudes? Do they just wear like scrubs? Is yeah. that like cool? Isn't it weird? It's weird. And the the but the one funny thing is that it's they really weird. I know. Like Game of Thrones night, sure. Well, L.A. The Star Wars night. Yep, makes sense. Nurse night. Nurse night. <laughs> yeah, it's like, Come on out for nurse night at like, Citizens Bank Park. I was so confused. Um, but the one definitely point, sounds like something at a strip club and yeah, not at Citizens Bank Park. Yeah. Yes, agree. Um, um, so the one thing that LA LA has to do the reads for the Game of Thrones scene night, and he's like, "House Phillies is hosting." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, it's like he says House Phillies or House, House Phillies. Yeah, it's funny. Or House Citizens Bank Park. It's That's it's awesome. hilarious. He has no and you can idea just tell he has no about. idea of the game of what game of Terrific. <laughs> yeah. Terrific. Okay. Uh before we get to our final thought, unwritten rules question for you. Yeah. Two of them actually. One I thought of with Trevor Richards, but let me ask the one that I think will help our audience more because we talk a ton about uh this specific unwritten rule. We talked about it when we were talking about unwritten rules. Why is it not okay for a batter to time a pitcher? Like, that seems... I don't get it. Like, why is it a big deal? Uh, who well, cares? What do, you, what do you mean? Like... You, the on-deck thing, you know, you're not allowed to sit there and, like, time up a pitcher's pitching. No, why? No, the, I don't what, get well, it. What are you talking about what Tony Walters was doing? So, Tony Walters, what he was doing wrong in Colorado was he was standing, like, right behind home plate, so he was seeing what pitches were coming. 
Whereas, like, if you are if you are in the batter's box, aren't you not supposed to on deck? They say you're not supposed to time it up. You're not supposed to take I always your. Time, well, I, you always saw guys growing up timing up. That, I thought so too, but it seems like that's an unwritten rule in Major no, League Baseball. No, I just think the I think the one thing that people don't like is when you get too close behind the catcher, so we can kind of see the movement. Like if you want to do it organically. Ah, okay. So it has to do with them seeing it while. It, okay, so that I was wondering why. That's interesting. All right, now here's my other one, and, and this isn't. I don't know if it's an unwritten rule or not. I don't know where this comes from, but I've always wondered it, and I thought of it with Trevor Richards on Saturday. When he hits, this is when I'm talking about when he hits Segura. When he hits Segura. By the way, thank God it hit, that was the only place he could have hit where he wasn't going to incre- be hit. Incredibly lucky. Like, because it, it spun the hat. Like, it, it spun the helmet. Like, right, it's so the any, only spot it could hit. Any lower, he is in. It's, it's eyes, broken eye. Any like, higher, a broken eye bone. Any higher, it's a concussion. Yep. So him hitting right there, like, It was unbelievable. Yeah. It was unbelievable. But here's something I don't understand. Why will a pitcher, when they hit a guy in the head or come close to head or whatever it is, and it was clearly not on purpose, like he wasn't trying to throw at his head, why don't they ever apologize? Why don't they ever like tip the cap or do something? Oh, they they always just go and I it has to be a thing. It's clearly a pitcher thing because you hit a guy in the head, you my first thought would be like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to ruin your life potentially or whatever it is like these guys never apologize they never tip their cap they never give a wave me like my bad why what is it i never i've never understood it my whole life because you never show fear baby but no 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 no, 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 no. what I, is it I, I know i know i uh i know i would like i would just be like my bad yeah on that i don't i don't give me my I was bed. actually i was actually wondering the same thing right thank was, you thank you because i was like you know you, you know you clearly weren't trying to do that you weren't uh, trying it's not like what does it matter? You I think it to- comes. I think it comes down to being. You just want to feel like, like get off my plate kind of thing. I don't know. You know so what I mean? So strange to me, man. It's, it's, I, it's, and it's, I didn't it's, know if it's on rule or not. It's a macho sport thing. I don't know what you. I, I, I guess that's what it is. But it just seems to me like in that situation where you hit a guy in the head. Well, you so you have seen to. that before, though. Like when guys get. So hit. some people will do it every yeah. once in a while. You'll see a guy, but I would say like nine times out of ten they don't. Like yeah. nine times out of ten they're like. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. I I would lean towards your side as well. Okay, so cool. I, that makes me feel a lot better. I don't know about if it's it. really unwritten or anything. Okay, so, think, so it must not be. If it, like, but it's something I just never, yeah. I've never understood. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Oh, I, nice. I would give him a little my bad. No, okay. Don McNabb, my bad. I would too. My bad. I, I didn't mean to hit you. Sorry. Happy or okay. Yeah, because then you would think that that would kind of put the tempers down that, a little bit. Yes. All right. I I feel so much better that you agree with me on this. Well, what did you uh, when you thought of this in your head? Were you thinking I was going to say? <laughs> F them. Well, no, I Beat thought them. I assumed there was some sort of picture on written wool where you never show, you know, you never let them know if it was the mistake or not or this. I didn't know. I thought there was there some could be sort. That, of, I don't know. I didn't know if there was some sort of thing to it. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that. All right, Jack. Final thought. Uh, my final thought is that uh, so Scott Palmer did the game Saturday and Sunday, and it just didn't sound the same. I miss Dan Baker. Dan Baker is feeling yeah, first time in 15 years. Yeah, he, missed a he, game. he has never missed a game at Citizens Bank Park. Um, which is crazy. It's, and, it is crazy to think about. And like, you can just tell the difference between a Dan Baker called game and almost anyone else. It's not. It's not like Scott Palmer's bad. It's not a shot at Scott Palmer. Right. It's just that it, Dan Baker's the guy. Well, it's just like you know, you get hyped for a Dan Baker call. Like you, you hear the difference in a Dan Baker call. I would protest the Phillies game this weekend didn't even happen because Dan Baker wasn't I like there. That. So we'll take the wins. We'll take the wins. They'll yeah, count. They still but the games, games didn't really. Like, I they like didn't, that. didn't feel the same. I think that's fair. Get better, Dan Baker. We love you, Dan Baker. Yeah. Okay, uh, going a completely different way with my final thought. F the Cubs. Well. That's my final thought. Theo? Not Theo's fault, <laughs> though I guess he's involved, because they're all involved. But did you see the story about Addison Russell? Not the one that he's a gigantic piece of crap. Yeah. We all know that. He's clearly a creep. 
you know, domestic violence, all that. He's like, you read the stories about it, like, he's just an a-hole. Yeah, like, I read, Addison Russell's a piece of crap. I really wish he never was playing anymore. I agree. Like, he is a bad dude, and I hate him. But did you see this story? And I am quoting from hardballtalk.com. Uh, that the Cubs are taking it a step further. Cheryl Ring of Fangraphs, who is also a lawyer, has spoken to a member of the media who said that the Cubs privately instructed that person to lay off Russell, threatening reprisal. The Cubs are approving stories that paint Russell in a positive light, particularly in terms of redemption, goes on to show an example and other examples of reporters whose stories have not been approved or have not gotten access or whatever because they are ripping Addison Russell because he's a piece of crap again. Jack. Are we allowed to do this podcast still? Oh, I mean, like, <laughs> seriously, seriously. I, this is this is so bad on so many levels. Not okay, man. That's just not okay. Like, freedom of press, for Christ's sake. Right. We're talking about the First Amendment. I mean, what are we talking about here? The, I, I just, that kind of stuff really bothers God, this is so big J of you. It, uh, and it's uh, you're big just J such a classic it. media member. Yes. Once your story's out there, look yes. at you. No, it's just the, the idea that they are trying Listen, to. Do you, you want to go see a Springsteen get, concert? Is that, is that next? <laughs> pretty good. The idea, <laughs> that was very good, actually. That was really well done. The idea that they are trying to control stories to make Addison Russell look like less of a piece of crap. Yeah, it's annoying. Like really he, bothers me. Yeah, they should. Yeah, it's 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 really annoying. Just like the guy's horrible. He's he horrible. Even, he shouldn't even be playing anymore. No, he's like a really bad dude. I know it's embarrassing, and I agree with. You. I do agree with you. I Thank like you. making fun of old. I, yes, and you, it is a big old man Jay Journal type of thing. But at the same time, it's just more in this specific. Are you going to tweet about American Airlines after this? <laughs> <laughs> what about what about press box food? What do you think about that? It's pretty good. Didn't have their uh, the right ice cream today? Yeah. You got to go to a game for free and sit there and eat their food that they make for you, but we're still going to complain about it? Yeah. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it. Uh, Phillies, Tigers, next couple of days. We'll be back to talk about it on Thursday for Fritz. I'm Thursday. Listen, p- please just take two of th- from the Tigers. Don't, you have to. I don't even want to think about these games. Yes. I want to just roll out just of bed. Just be over. Yeah. Be done. I don't want to think about it. I want it to be Thursday and we're recording another pod talking about how they just took two from the Tigers. All Agreed. Right. You going to interrupt me again when I say goodbye this time? Uh, did I interrupt you last time? Yeah. Just now. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs>